too lazy to blog about. I am Amanda Lauren, and I am kind of with my co-host, Allie Levine. She is coming to us live. She's coming to us um, by a conference call because she has morning sickness. And so now that she's announced yeah, her pregnancy, it's a real struggle. <laughs> like this whole thing is a nightmare for everyone. I at this point, I just know I want to adopt a kid in the future just because of Allie. So that's... <laughs> I know, so I'm not making it look pretty for you, man. I mean, what can I say, you know? But they do say the harder the pregnancy, the easier the kid. So, like, let's just hope that's what the story is. Oh, this whole thing is a nightmare. I'm so happy I'm not pregnant right now. But we are with someone who has not knocked up anyone that I'm aware of. Brian Howie of the Great Love Debate. Hi, this is either an awesome use of technology you guys have going here or a crazy use of technology. I'm not sure. Somewhere in between. Somewhere in between. Fair. It seems to be working. Fair fair enough. So for our listeners who don't know what the Great Love Debate is, one, you're missing out. You should go to a live show or listen to the podcast, but also tell us about it. Uh, well, the Great Love Debate... Um, is both a live show and a podcast, but I'll start with the live show. It is a live touring theatrical event where we take uh, a couple of hundred um, mostly single men and women um, of all demographics and put them in a theater or a comedy club. Uh, and over the course of 90 minutes of fun, feisty, interactive dialogue and debate try and figure out why everybody is either still single or single again or many people who are in relationships probably should be single and we have gone to uh we've gone all over the world but we've been to 81 cities in north america we've been to asia we've been to europe um we have uh tens of thousands of people have come we have about 48 people who've gotten engaged because they met at one of our shows so yeah i know you're not a jew but if you were a jew like a I'm a quarter of. Jew. Does that You're, count? That's like being a little bit pregnant, no? No, it, it totally, it totally, <laughs> it totally, you know what? Part of my family is Catholic, yeah. and I feel very, very Catholic. Yeah, so some people, you know, find love that night, and some it kicks in two years later, and, you know, we're trying to... Uh, to facilitate dialogue and, and just the very act of getting that many people in a room and having a fun, funny, feisty, honest conversation over 90 minutes breaks down walls and it triggers confidence and helps with communication, all kinds of things. So we've learned a ton. I do know where all the bodies are buried. I used to say that my job was just to raise the questions, but, but we do have the answers now. I mean, we do know why there's such a disconnect in 2017. Well, why do you think there is a disconnect in 2017? Well, I think that the, the root of everything, um, people always say, oh, it's the technology, it's the social media, whatever. And I, I say, no, that's the reaction to the real change. And the real change is that the men and the women who are between, I don't know, 25 and 75 now have had a real problem adjusting to the shifting gender roles that has you know that is part of our society and it's a wonderful thing but it kind of threw things out of whack when it comes to love and dating relationships you know the men have aren't really sure of our place in the woman's world because you need us less um so it's sort of a harder bullseye to hit to get into your world and uh and the women are a lot more um guarded men are afraid of rejection women are afraid of getting hurt 
And uh, so on that level, you know, I always say the, the, the women look for red flags, the men look for green lights. And I think that's true. There's a sort of a standoff between the men and the women these days that it's going to take us some, a generation or so to shake out. I don't know. I think it's like, I think if men just like took charge and just did like what they, I think, instinctively think they're supposed to do, it would be better because because it's like, pardon me, like men can be such pussies and mm-hmm. I fucking hate it. Well, the women have gotten harder and the men have gotten softer. <laughs> And that's mm-hmm. that's true. So Aww. yeah, man, step up, get bigger balls, do it. But on the other hand, the the bullseye that it takes to get into your world has gotten smaller and higher. So whatever he was doing before, 20 years ago, that you would consider taking charge or whatever, doesn't work anymore. So both so it's really out of kilter. If I'm just like, okay, I'll call you up, I'll ask you out, I'll pick you up. Well, uh, what? Pick me up. We used to have to pick you up. Uh, you used to require it, proper date. Now you don't want any part of being picked up. I want to be. I always wanted. Look, like I. You been, wanted before, but you're married now. No, but even like when I haven't been married for that long. We've been married for what, like, not even two years. It'll be two years in January. I'm the world's worst wife. Um, but like even then, like I was dating a lot. Could they pick you up? I I expected that. I know, too. but you understand that. It's not, women have watched too much Dateline and and Lifetime movies and they think we're all, so so the guy, so what was considered a date before Mm -hmm. is different because the the expectations are different, the behavior is different, the results are different. So it's really out of, you know, I ask women this all the time, why can't we pick you up? And the women are like, I don't want you to know where I live. I'm like, I know where you live as soon as I have your phone number. I can find, the true psycho that makes no difference, okay? So, but oh, no. the women are like, no, no, no. And the men here, no, no, no. And that, you know, trickles down. It's a problem. But I think some people, like, I'm very old-fashioned. Like, my husband knew if he did not ask my father's permission to marry me, mm-hmm. like, that was just a no Right. And a lot of women would be like, my father doesn't own me. Why are you asking your, my father about me? Like, again, what, what still works sometimes doesn't work a lot of the times, and the guys are lost because the guys hear one thing. And, yeah, that's a really good point because I, I also went with Amanda in, like, old school, and, like, my husband asked my father, and had he not, I would have been like, you didn't ask my dad? Like, what, are you crazy? I agree. The girl who's 24 now... She might disagree with that. Why are you talking to my father about this? I'm my own woman. I don't, I don't need his permission to do anything. What are you asking for? So, again, not to give the guys a pass because the guys need to overcome all that. It's just both the men and the women need to recognize that the landscape has changed, that what works for one woman may not work for another woman, and that the burden of communication on a lot of levels is on her to say... This is what I like. This is what I need. I ask women this all the time. What do you need to be happy? And the list of what makes you unhappy is right there. It's very accessible. But what you need to be happy, you haven't given it nearly as much thought. And so if you don't know, there's no way he knows. And this is how these guys get lost. I I think so. it's so funny. Like, okay, so in on, an old episode of yours, which was a Lori Gottlieb episode, I read her book, which was, which I can't think of the name of, but it was... Marry like, Him. Marry Him. Set, the like, Case for Marrying Mr. Right Now. Yeah. Yes. 
And I really wanted to hate that book because I thought the title was sort of mm-hmm. sort of deceitful. And I thought it was one of the best She's books dead on. I've ever read in my life. I agree. And uh, and what you know, it, it's not the case for settling. A lot of people, women are like, I don't want to settle. They I don't, don't know what settle. the fuck settling means. They don't know what it means. Her her basic philosophy is is if she gave and and she's right on this. If you if you asked women to write down ten things that are important to them and said, I'm going to give you a guy who satisfies eight of these things, the women would be disappointed. And if you gave a man said write down ten things and you said I'm going to give you a woman with eight of these things, he will be overjoyed. Yeah. And the thing, the thing about even writing an exercise down of 10 things you want, there's really 10,000 things you want. And so if you're just sort of picking this and choosing that, mm-hmm. I think that what you're really doing is eliminating possibilities and opportunities. And this is what the problem that both men and women make all the time. It's, well, it's true. And I think right. that people are like, I'll tell you, like when I met my husband, he had like the biggest deal breaker that made me totally uninterested in him. Which was? He lived in New York. I lived in L.A. I was in Silver Lake. I wouldn't date someone in Sherman Oaks. There's nothing wrong with Sherman Oaks. I know, but you'll go, but you'll drive to Burbank to go to Ikea to get a desk. (laughs) See, that's the thing. But I would have never, no, but I I wouldn't have dated anyone. That's not a deal breaker. That's an obstacle. So you got to figure out if that's overcomable. Is that a word, overcomable? It was. Um, he lives here now. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's challenges. And what people think they're deal breakers, because I ask this all the time, people at our live shows, give me one thing that is you absolutely cannot have. And you'd be surprised at how, with some thought and some explanation, maybe they're not so firm on that. People people think they want or know. What they, I always say, if you're over 30 and you're still single, you have no type. So you got to get rid of words, not my type. Because whatever you think is working for you has not worked out so far. So you have yeah. to you have to sort of go outside of your comfort zone. I run into the religion thing a lot. I just did a show in Dallas that was riddled with evangelical Christians. Jesus. And uh, yeah, literally Jesus. And whether we, we've done Jewish shows, we've done Christian shows or whatever, and people are really like, well, I want to make it easier environment to have children in or whatever. And I'm like... It's no different, and I say it's no different from if one person was a vegan and one person was a meat eater. You're going to have to make some compromise, but it shouldn't be a deal breaker because all of your, all of our 99% of anybody who's religious in any way shares the same beliefs in terms of do good things, act a certain way. Oh live no, a certain I, life. I agree with you entirely. Values. I but, think it's parents putting pressure though on people because like my right. parents would have flipped out if I was with someone who wasn't Jewish. I get it. But the joke is my husband's an atheist. Right. But at what point <laughs> he was raised, but he was raised Jewish. So that was like good enough for him, which is sort of insane. I was raised Catholic and I found out on uh, my grandmother on her deathbed that she was really a Jew. And so, you know, the whole thing, and my mother was Episcopalian. Wow. It was a whole month. She was a, you're, she you're was, actually a Jew, though, because... No, it's my it's father's mother. Oh. Right. But I've had women who wouldn't date me because I wasn't Jewish enough or whatever. And I'm like, if this is really the only thing, is like how we're going to figure out those There's eight days in December? Her. Like, that's really what it's about. It's like, how do we handle these eight days in December? You know, that other would be than a great name for a movie, I know. By the way. Other than that, what's what? Who cares? Like, you know, it, I I would have a harder time dating somebody who like does yoga three times a day. That would affect my lifestyle probably more. And so, what people think, like, I want somebody to have the same values, and I'm like, 
if I didn't tell you two people what their religion was and just said write down their values, everybody's the same. We oh. got to get rid of this parents thing. Parents will get over it. I, I agree with you. It's so funny. I was saying we have an episode that we haven't aired yet, but with um, some with Naha Armadi from um, House of Intuition, and we were talking about spirituality and religion. I was saying I think it all goes to the same voice mailbox. I agree. And like that's my God's yeah. I don't know if it's right. God wants you to be happy. What? But, that was my favorite line that you said on that episode. I know we have an air to get, but yeah. like it's so true. Like Brian said, yeah, you should just be happy. Like it all goes the same with Melba. Like it's, at the end of the day, like someone, you know, like get, get shot, like same shit happens. Well, I know. Personally, I understand. You know, I understand, and I'd be interested to hear your opinion. Like, I, it's like I understand that you know some people are very religious, and it's their culture, and this and that. I think we imagine what we like. You know, I bring this, this, I brought this up when I talked about, I know this is a very Jew-centric show, but when I talked about the really the, the Christian uh, population that I saw in Dallas, and they're like, I need somebody who's at the same place in their relationship with uh, Jesus. And I go, that is a moving target. You are constantly growing and shifting and learning and, and doing, th- so if you're trying to like match up it's like trying to jump into a moving car because you're like, here's where I am. I need to gauge where you are, and we have to go at the same speed. You know, you're continually growing and learning and shaping and doing work on your own. You cannot – and people change. People might suddenly – I married this person because they were, you know, uh, Mormon, and then suddenly they are dissatisfied with the faith six years down the line. Are you going to get divorced? I mean, I, that's what I don't understand. Like, it shouldn't be number one on your list on, on any side of the, the religious aisle. Just like everybody has, you know, and some woman sent me a, she listened to my podcast and she sent me an email. She's like, I think it's offensive that you compared uh, religious uh, beliefs to rooting for a different sports teams. And I go, I don't think it is different. Mm. You know, I'm a Red Sox fan or I'm a Yankee fan. Right. And, you know, we're we're, we're going to have some differences in that. But... I think you can get around it. And I think that's the case in in a hundred different ways where we look for excuses not to get together and yes. and, and we're really giving ourselves reasons not to, to, to stay apart. And I think it's a mistake. I I agree with you. Or I think right. people well, and I, I completely agree with you. And I was gonna say, um, like, you know, my parents, like my mom's Catholic and my dad's Jewish, they've been happily married for like over thirty five years. And, you know, my dad's parents, like, you know, they they're good people, but they were very much against my parents being together for a very long time. And then especially when kids came in the mix, it was like it started all over again. My mom and dad kinda of came to a place where they were just like, you know what, like this isn't something that we're choosing to be a barrier and be an issue and like sorry it's you know your issue but like we love each other regardless so I mean I think it's a really good point to what you said because it's like is it important sure of course it's important but it's a perfect example of how they surpassed it even though they had obstacles with everybody else like, they looked past it and said, well, it's not my number one. Yeah. Well, you overcame a 3,000-mile barrier. Yeah. If you can overcome that, people can overcome some other things. Yeah. I mean, it's... Exactly. But it was also... 
I mean, it was a weird situation because we were, he was sort of in transition from whether he was a professor, whether or not he was going to get tenure. Yeah. Which he did not. Uh, Lucky you. And so he decided to become a television writer instead um, in LA, which is much better. I, which I think is a much better career. Not that there's anything wrong with being a professor, but there's so much. There's there's a lot of politics in television writing, but there's way more in academia. Really? Because I've been in show business for 20 years, and I'm like, God, I wish I went into academics. <laughs> no, I don't. No, it seems better. No, I'm like, I would have been really cool on a college campus. I think I think about that you all the time. You would have been that cool professor. Yeah, that's what I think about. You're influencing young minds. I, th- I think about that all the opposite. It's... I'm so happy I'm not in college right now. It seems like a fucking nightmare. Um, I think, like, I would not like it. But, no, I mean, the thing is, I think that, like, certain things, this is what it is. I think that some people are like, you're right, like, the 8 out of 10. I like so many things, but I can't see past this one thing. And it's like, you know, you can sort of deal with certain things. Or the worst is I think that people expect their partner to fulfill every fucking little need they have. I only need one thing. People are always like, what do you look for in a girl? No, it's that she likes me. That's it. If she likes me, that liberates me to do a lot more and feel a lot of things and act a lot differently. If I if she likes me and she's not afraid to to tell me that or communicate really? to that, everything else is negotiable. And I think that's a lot better way to, to go into things than to think like I need this. It's just like if if that's on the list, then I'll feel a different way and we'll go from there. You know, that's always my starting point. Does she like me? Good. All right, let's figure everything else out. I think that's easier. It's no, I, I agree with you. Or people, I think, or people don't give others a chance, and that like they will write. I have a friend who I've set up with two girls, and he is such a qual. Like I can't even tell you what a quality guy he is. Mm-hmm. Like if I were not married, I would date him. Um, he was a friend. He's a friend of my husband's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hypothetically. Yeah. But anyway, hypothetically, he's like a good job. He's super cute. He's sensitive. Like he's a great guy. And like, I think that, and just like, I think that he gets a little bit nervous in large social situations. And like, people, I think women don't give him. I always talk about like his whenever I see him, like probably two or three times a month. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? Who are you dating? And I think women don't give him a chance. And I'm like. These women are so stupid because if they just went out on that second date with him, they would see what an amazing person he is and what, like, an amazing boyfriend Well, a lot of times, you know, women, men, all of us look at it like, well, I, it's it's that I haven't met the right person yet. or I have, And they want to believe that because then it's not – I would say it's not that you haven't met the right person. It's that you haven't been the right person. Totally you meet true. the right person several times a day. If you have the ability to sort of recognize those opportunities, act on them, and don't kill them. What Mm -hmm. what we want to do is believe there's nobody good, there's nobody out there, because it takes the burden off of us. I've been to, you know, 81 cities in North America. Every city I go to, they believe it's the city that they're in. It's never the city that (laughs) you're in. Yeah, they always want to, because if I can blame Charlotte, or I can blame (laughs) Portland, then it's not me. And, you know, once, once they have to realize that, it's it's you people that you know that's tough to look in the mirror and take control of your own you know dating fates i mean i got over 40 i've never been married that, i'm aware that that is a giant red flag it should be so you have to accept ownership of that i you know what though i never thought i would be with a guy in his 30s i thought they were so gross i still think they're gross right but like i we're only all gross to- 
No, but I was like, I only wanted to be with a guy in his like, I would say very late thirties, forties, and if he was a really young fifty, and I don't have daddy issues. But if he'd I never been it. married, even if you're okay with it, your friends and your family are yapping in your ear. Hmm. What well, he's never going to settle down? Why is he like that? Whatever, and and they should be asking these questions. They're reasonable questions. So why? So why have you never been married? I believe that <laughs> I, um, you know, there's only three. There's really three reasons, and uh, I always say the day's not over yet. But that's wait. Sort of my I joke. just want to say this: that Brian is very, very cute. Like he's adorable looking, and I can say that and like not be because you're married. Because I'm married. Yeah. And I, and I see, the, see how liberated. You are to say oh my things? God. No, but it's true though. Okay, so thank you. Single. Now, if you're get to forty as a man, generally is one of three reasons: either you're gay, you're a okay. total player, or you have some sort of emotional issues. And I not gay. Well, I started to do the great love debate, and when we started the tour three years ago, I was like. I don't understand what these people's problem is. These, I, it's not hard to date. Girls like me, I don't really understand. And then about a, a year and a half into it, I'm like, these people are feeling and thinking things that I'm not even aware of. So I went to therapy, <laughs> and my therapist basically showed me that my parents have been married for 53 years. I'm not even sure they like each other. Wow. So I didn't trust their love for each other, wow. and I didn't trust their love for me. So my dating patterns would be to put enough chips on the table to stay in the game but never quite go all in. So mm-hmm. I would be emotionally sort of walled off to a point where I would never let myself feel anything on either side of the spectrum. And I didn't realize that. So now I'm like, oh, that's what all my girlfriends were so mad at, that I didn't really even understand what they were talking about. So I'm one, I was one of those emotionally walled off people without even being aware of it. And so, and you can sail through life in, in, especially in uh, Los Angeles, especially being in showbiz a long, long time and have it pretty good without being married. So there isn't that incentive, you know? There's no, there's no incentive. Like if I were a guy right now, I would just be like banging a different chick every night in LA. But then you grow out of that. (laughs) Then you grow out of that. Then you're like, well, you want something more than that. You know, you want something deeper than that. You want a connection that because most of what you're getting in a relationship that is pleasurable outside of that, mm-hmm. hopefully 45 minutes of sex or whatever you're having twice a week or whatever it is, Forty-five. whatever it is. Right? Yeah, I, whatever. Like, you're like 45 like minutes. Pro- All right. But whatever hurts. you have to be satisfied on a much, much deeper level beyond sexual. And I think the boys do grow out of that. The ones who don't grow out of that are the ones who were sort of. You know, before we started, I brought up Harvey Weinstein. He never trusted any woman would like him if he wasn't Harvey Weinstein because he's not right. Right. And he's right. So he's like, I continually have to get reinforced that I'm not as disgusting as I am, as I think I am. So when he forced women to look at him, that that has to do with his appearance. You know, Uh, I was five foot four till I was a senior in high school. I'm six feet tall now. But for maybe my 20s and my 30s. I was still insecure that somebody was going to think I was the short guy. So I would do what exactly what you talked about, like banging all, banging yeah. all the chicks and, and doing all that stuff. And I, cause I continually needed this reinforcement. Oh, the girls like me, the girls think, you know, I'm not that. And then one day you wake up and you're like, I need to have a, de- a deeper relationship than this. And I think it does take the boys a while to grow up and grow out of that. It's, I, I agree that therapy is probably very good for that. I dated someone for a while um, in New York who was like, 
sort of like an overgrown playboy and he took me to Barcelona and we stayed at the Ritz and you know and he was actually very very good looking like he was super handsome had an apartment um, on Central Park West like everything but he was just so fucking immature was he good looking at 19 you know sometimes that kind of chubby at one point in his life and Mm -hmm. I think like he could never fucking get over that yeah but like because we know the way you looked at us and laughed at us and I was the you wanted so because when you're 5'4 in high school you're the friend and she's complaining to you about, oh, Kenny's never going to call me. And, and that is such a horrible feeling that you go out of your way to not want that feeling ever again. And then you're just kind of a dick. And being a dick in this town is actually rewarded when it comes to girls a lot of the time. <laughs> or in New York, which is where I would too. So that's not negatively reinforced behavior. So you kind of are just acting that way with women and around women and in relationships. It's not a healthy thing. And you either grow out of it on your own or you find the right... A uh, woman who who makes you feel safe in a in a moment or in a place that you can mm-hmm. open up and be vulnerable in a way that you guys want us to be. It's not that easy though. That's so sweet. I'm like I feel like you should. I, I don't think the women understand how much. Uh, you know, you might have without even knowing it mm-hmm. ignored somebody in a bank line twenty years ago when he tried to talk to you, and he's carrying around that pain and rejection that manifests itself in all kinds of scary ways. There's a lot. I, I didn't realize that until we start, started going really? on the road, how many men are terrified of women, how many women have some sort of hate for women, and it's really a scary thing, and I think you have to sort of understand where that, not forgive it, but understand where it comes from, and there's a lot of men out there who do not process rejection. You guys, from a very early age, 15 years old, he was a jerk. You cry with your friends. You get it all out. You build up some sort of scar tissue towards pain. Oh, no, but then the I would men, like, date him again and let it go on. I maybe, but the men don't. Yeah, the men internalize it, though. If you see a man who's gotten his heart truly, oh. truly broken, he carries that around for 30 years. Yeah. And that's a problem yeah. that the guys don't process it and they don't talk about it and so funny that you say that i know someone who's sort of like that who had like a high school girlfriend he never really got over yeah and it's definitely like affected his dating life i know guys that that uh you know have gotten like engagements broken off and they have like ptsd they never get over it and you know i think that that we're not aware of it because it's something that men are afraid to talk about and men are afraid to be vulnerable and men are afraid to go get help and all this kind of things. You know, that's the conversation I keep having is like, let's try and talk about these things as much as possible so we can deal with it. We shouldn't be so afraid of every, of each other, you know? Right. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. It's, it's hard though. It's hard to like open up. I'll tell you, like my husband was the first guy I was really like emotionally vulnerable with. It's scary. It's totally scary. But I also think when you meet someone... (laughs) But when you meet someone you really connect to, it makes it a lot easier. Right. And I think that the more, you know, men are more open to it than they were 20 years ago. You know, men are are more open. I, I, I made the comment, and people freaked out about it, but I stand by it. I think there is a better pool of available men in this country than has ever existed in the history of this country. And I think it's a harder uh, bullseye to hit to get into your world. So that is a bad thing. That's a bad combination. The pool of men now who are 
curious and introspective and vulnerable and want to please you has never been larger and you're harder to please than ever before. And so that's the problem. The rise, the cost of the rise of the independent woman is a loss of happiness from the guys. I, I agree mm, to a certain uh, extent. That's a really good point. I know. That's the, that's the price. And, and, and I'm not saying that women should go backwards or any of those kind of things, but you have to recognize when you put out there, and we hear it all day long, I don't need man. I don't need a man to be happy. I don't need a man to take I don't need, need, need. That the men are like, if she does not need me, for, for generations, to use a basketball analogy, we were shooting at a 10-foot basket mm-hmm. to get into your world. Now we're shooting at a 12-foot basket. So it's a harder, higher, more difficult place because you need us less, which we can't change that. And I think if we recognize that, we figure out a way to deal with that. If you understood where he's coming from and we understand where you're coming from, I think we can bridge it. I, well, right. I think... Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, I'm, like, trying okay. to, like... I don't know. You know what? Or I think people... I'll tell you. I think people are picky about the wrong things and that's a big part of the problem. But you're able to be pickier than 30 years ago because you can pay for your own shit and you can get your own ride. You can call your own Uber and you can get like well, you don't because the things that the men used to do provide and fix and help and protect. Oh, my those are fix those. So shit. when the man's like, she doesn't even need me to pay for her dinner anymore. What do I do to make her get into her world? And the guys just don't know. And women don't know either. I asked this. You know, I ask this question all the time. What do you need us for? What do you need the men for? And there's no answer. The women don't have an answer. I need a penis. That's it. But if the men said, I just need women for a vagina. I need a penis. (laughs) Right. But if the men said, I just need women for a vagina, you would find that offensive. Okay? No, I think it's... No, because I'm, I'm like, not that kind of... I'm, like, the... Like, I grew up listed, like, falling asleep to Howard Stern. Yeah. Like, that was, like, my... No, I get that. But if you said, you only need us for... uh, Sex? No. Well, I know, but generally when I ask this question, the women, the first thing they think of is I need the men for sex. But if we flip that and right. if the men said we need women for sex, the women would flip the fuck out. You know, they would Most and they would. do. I, I Most wouldn't. women would, though. I wouldn't. It's I, wouldn't. A fe- I have to say that. I, I wouldn't. And that's why I always oh, say no, women I don't like me. a little bit of a break because Allie is here with us. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> let me just move this so it doesn't. Back up the mic. Um, Don't you love our huge mic? Our, our giant snowball. This snowball. It sounds like um, like the sequel to Zima or something. <laughs> it's actually a pretty legit. Which mic, I used though. to drink in like I don't know fourth grade. I was gonna say like, when did you? Drink? Maybe third grade. <laughs> we would drink Zima. I'm not. I mean, I'm from the city. Like I'm. Zima. Not. When was the Frangia? When was the box? The box stuff. The box. Um, Franzia, is that what it's called? Franzia. 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 College, but you know I what? Is that after Franzia. Bartles and James? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what? In, oh my god, animals. Um, playing. The kids, the unofficial mascots. Um, Sorry, listeners, didn't want to bore you with uh, 
wine, wine cooler yeah, talk. No, you know what? I talk too much about wine. I just started getting oh my, my first wine craving. Like, I haven't missed. I've actually Is that a thing? Weed more than wine. You can take CBD, I heard, when you're pregnant. Really? Yeah. No, I don't know. I feel no like you can't. I feel like that's not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> but, like, it's okay. I, I've committed to give her, giving everything up. Like, I get it. But it's like yesterday I had my first craving for, like, wanting, like, wine or, like, some kind of cocktail. So, like, do talking eat, about it. Do you it, eat me? Eat meat? Do you eat meat? Yeah. It's a challenge if you don't eat meat. Yeah. I've heard that, like, you can't have rare meat, and I'm just like, well, that well, everything. No, because there could be anything, but, I mean, getting the, the not that I'm a OBGYN, but getting <laughs> the child, the no, but nutrients But you could be a vagina hard. connoisseur. Yes, that's Possibly. true. That's a different skill set, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally know he's right though. Like, everyone is now quite <laughs> I know, right? I know he's right though. Like, you can do meat, but you can't do rare. And like, it is. If it's hard, there's a lot of women who can't do meat. It is like a problem. And you're supposed to get certain protein intakes and like this and that. And oh yeah, I've, d- I've dated vegans and I've dated vegetarians and I've dated all kinds. The, the problem with da- the challenge of dating a vegan is that they never. You can't just stop and grab food. Like, it's a challenge. Oh, it's a lifestyle challenge. And they never have anything right. you want to no, bite on. Like, right now. <laughs> and this town is, here. you know, that's why. Everyone's out of bagels. Nobody has, like, There's a Noah's well, bagels and a Sam's bagel on Larchmont. On well, Larchmont has that. it, and there's a salt and straw. Over there, but but, I mean, salt and straw is everything. Oh, but everything. they, um, you know, I, I, I say, not to get back to the guys' things, but even asking a girl out to dinner in Los Angeles is Fraught with peril. Oh my god! <laughs> She's not gonna eat it. Like, like I got, like we'll do a show in Minneapolis, and uh, every girl there wants to go out to barbecue. Like they want to eat meat or whatever. <laughs> Los Angeles is a different animal. So even if you would you like to go out sometime? Yes. Sure. And then he's like. I don't know what she eats. I don't know what she wants. And there's no worse feeling than hearing when you take a girl out to dinner and she goes, it's okay. I can find something. And then he just feels like, and that's a real thing. Like that she just, it's a real challenge. So I always tell the women, if the guy asks, you know, the problem is how many times have back in the day when you guys were single, (laughs) when uh, you've had a guy ask you for your phone number or say, would you like to go out? And then they didn't follow up. Well, asking for your number is a yes or no question. Right. Would you like to go out sometime is a yes or no question. Correct. Planning what she might or might not want to do is where he freezes and bails. So true. So if you have some sort of dietary restrictions or if you have a personality, if, if, if you know, I think it's on the woman to give one extra sentence in the yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't eat shellfish. Would you like to go out sometime? Yeah, I love to shoot guns. Whatever that piece right. of information is right. will eliminate like 80% of the flakiness of guys because he has no idea. Yeah, I love sushi. Yeah, I'm up for anything. Any one extra thing will go a long, long way, and right. the women are like, too bad, figure it out. Well, too bad figuring it out. He knows, especially in Los Angeles, it's tough to figure out. You know, right. I always feel, okay, so I have like, three annoying food allergies and I always feel mm-hmm. awful and they are red wine mm-hmm. so if we, we get a bottle for the table it has to be I'm fine with rosé it's then really straight if you say that all we want to know is the road map to your nudi- nudity and okay. cucumbers yeah what do you do on an airplane <laughs> Um, I know, right? When there's, like, I never, peanuts in the seat. Why? You're not that sensitive? I only take, I'm not, I don't need an EpiPen. I honestly, I only you take You almost need on my birthday, though. You only have, like, a Oh, my bite God. I had, like, I had okay. a had my birthday. Wait, and I had so it's red, red wine, peanuts, and what? Cucumbers. Cucumbers. All right, what can you eat? Anything. So like just give me something, though. I'm going to ask you. What do you love? What do I love? I love duck. Okay. 
So when you, no, it's, like, oh, no, it's not. But he'll know that if you. Would you like to go out sometime? Yeah, I fucking love duck. I'm in because I know that, and I'm like, I will find her the juiciest foie gras that she's ever gonna find, and then I can do that. That one sentence goes so far, really, in your happiness because all we know is what the last girl liked, and we didn't find that out till we saw her with the new guy. Okay, mm-hmm. like we this don't is, know. Like, so yeah. so so, and women are like too bad figured out. Well, that's why they're not doing that. So you don't have to ask him out, and you don't have to. You know, but just giving him one piece of information to your happiness will eliminate like 80% of the, I can't believe he didn't call me. It's very simple. Especially if you're the one who has some quirks. Because if he doesn't know about the, if he doesn't know about the peanut thing and he doesn't know about the red wine thing and he takes you to a Chinese restaurant where everything's made with, with peanut sauce and he orders your red wine and then he feels like he failed. So if you're like, so we don't mind your dietary quirks. We'll call them quirks. Yeah. As long as we know about them. Right. Then so we're like then we're a hero. Roadmap, but, but right, is. I'm a hero because I yeah. found your duck. That right. is really good. Yeah. We want to play hero. That is such a good tip. Like I think that like that's. I feel like I should have done that when I was single. Like yeah, women are like I don't think you know. Think about it. Just give us a piece of information to deal with. Right. And we'll do whatever. We will jump as high as you want us to jump to get the cheese as long as we know like where the ch- you hold that bar steady. I, I give this example a few times. I think I've, I've said it on my podcast before. There was a girl that I dated like 20 years ago. Okay. And the first time we went out she said, every time you pick me up, because back then we had to pick them up, yeah, I love you, need, you need to show up mm-hmm. with either candy uh-huh. or flowers or champagne. Amen. And I said that to some of my friends, and some of my friends were like, that's so bitchy. I'm like, I don't care. I got that. So for the first three weeks, Mm -hmm. every time I picked her up, I showed up with candy or flowers or champagne. After three weeks, Mm -hmm. she says to me, she goes, you know, you really don't have to do that anymore. I just wanted you to understand that every time we went out, I wanted it to feel special. And if she had just said that to me up front, I would have thought that meant, like, don't wear flip-flops. Like, I wouldn't have even understood. So she gave me, like, a a sporting challenge, Mm -hmm. playfully. Yeah. To train me in a a feeling, and that worked. And, And so... Making it like that, making it playful, make it hunt me down the best duck ever and you'll be my hero. <laughs> we will go, sorry if somebody's offended by this, grab that duck right out of the water for you. <laughs> like, we will do it as long as we understand what you need and it's said to us in a way that is not, uh, you know, derogatory. It's like if you don't like, if I show up to pick you up on a date and I'm wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Rather than, right, you'll say, ugh, but if you're like, I bet you would look really good in this, well, we'll wear a fucking tuxedo mm-hmm. if we know what you want. Wait, it's, it's so, so funny. We, it's were, so wait, we did a sizzle reel for a, for a show that we created. Yes, we did. Um, sort of like a dating makeover show, which we're still working on. Working on. Uh, hopefully this week, we got <laughs> it. Uh, but anyway, we had the person, it was, you know, because it was a sizzle, we didn't do it as a reality show. We just picked someone, actually right. an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I made him wear a jersey to be made over because I'm like mm-hmm. what's the least attractive thing a guy yeah. can wear you totally. would think but a lot of girls we do shows in Chicago and they're Boston, like I want him to wear the Chicago black socks because then I can be comfortable too and so there's a lot of Ugh. and we and I know but we just Sorry. maybe <laughs> but we just don't know so a lot of women like you know she's like I want to wear my juicy right. velour sweatsuit sure. so it's about velour communication velour. When I go, you know, when I ask you out, if you're like, here's what turns me on, 
wear a collared shirt, whatever. If you make it playful, we'll do whatever you want. But he's flying blind. What you like and Mally, what you like are right. wildly different things. Totally. You guys are very complicated. Mm-hmm. There's no way to know. So the more information you give us to really take the point. guesswork out of it, the like better it will be. It them kind of a roadmap. And I like what he said, too, like how he showed up with champagne or candy or whatever. Because like even with Justin, who's now my husband, when we first like started dating and he would come to my apartment, like I tell him, even though you're from my apartment, even if we're not going to go out every night, like you need to bring something. So he would either bring wine or he would bring like dinner and like, you know, some kind of well, takeout. That's part of what we've lost by not being able to pick you up. Right. The, the show up, mm-hmm. the reveal, mm-hmm. the I'm not going to drink so much because I have to sure. drive you. Mm-hmm. You're letting us sort of take care of you in a way. Now it's meet up, get shit faced, two Ubers. Maybe we like each other. Maybe we don't. And, and it's like this hangout culture versus the specialness of a date. And so, like you know, and, and, and so it's like one big hangout because of the way we do, we used to, and then I, when I drive you home, if we liked each other, mm-hmm. we would make out in the car. Right. Okay. Now it's, so this was fun. There's my Uber. Bye. Mm-hmm. And you're like, did we, what happened right. there? Right. And so that takes away the communication. And I would say too, unless you feel endangered or repulsed or he spilled mm-hmm. something flammable mm-hmm. on you, you have got to go out on a second date. Right. Because more walls come down yeah. on the second oh, date than any other Completely. date. Just change the activity. If yes. you went out to dinner the first time and the conversation wasn't great and maybe you were nervous or whatever, and then the second time you're like, let's just go play miniature golf. Right. See what happens the second time because you'd be surprised that once you take away some of those nerves and some of those nerves will come down because you know what each other looks like. You don't hate each other. That's always good. That'll yes. happen. <laughs> Go out with everybody Check. twice. <laughs> it's Well, I agree. Like, people don't give people a chance. And it's really weird because, like, before I met my husband, I went out with these two different... I mean, I did it all. But there were two guys that stuck out in my mind in particular. Mm-hmm. And still friends with them on Facebook, actually. <laughs> um, Shocking. Just in no, case. <laughs> no, right. no, really not just in case. I think that they're such great guys. Like, I, mean, I would really give good them... good keeping ex-boyfriends, like, most as, like... Casual. I have a lot of But your that. husband has to be okay with it. Um, but he is. He's a really chill guy. I think that's... He's fr- met, like... He's met, like, two of like, them. Was, chill, like... Was there anybody at your wedding who'd had sex with you besides your husband? Strangely, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tough bullseye to there hit, I know. There was going to be... No, no, no. There was going to be one, but he, he couldn't make it, actually. That's but, probably a good thing. See, no, I'm, the, I'm that really jackass in the fourth row, like, you know, years ago. <laughs> yep, yep. Me and her. <laughs> Yeah, that's, so that's really funny. But I mean, I, I also believe that's her right. I believe if she's if you're dating somebody and she's like, you know what, I'm just not comfortable for whatever reason. I think she has the right to say that. I don't want you talking to the ex girlfriends. Right. I don't know. I'm fine with that. I think that's not too much to ask. Some are perfectly fine with it. Some aren't. I, I think that's just a piece of communication. If she says it, no problem. Right. You know what it is too, though the ones that are in my life. So the one that like we were really good friends and we dated, and then we just ended up staying really good friends because he moved to Boston. We talk on the phone all the time. Like Still? he's in Boston, but like we're friends, and like I met his she's girlfriend. Got, like, this weird thing where I don't talk to anybody girl. on the phone. You talk to people on the <laughs> yeah. phone in Boston. Like he might be the only person I still have like a phone relationship well, with. Well, we we brought that up too. Uh, still, we go around the country, and a mm-hmm. lot of people are like, "Well, he needs to call me up to ask me out on a date." Mm-hmm. I agree. A with lot that. of you would think, but how old are you? Thirty-two. Okay, 
under 30, it's a little different. They don't want any part of a phone call. They're like, it was so weird. He called me because it's not a normal. Right. And if somebody's not as comfortable doing something, mm-hmm. you can sound weird on the phone if you're not used to being sure. on the phone. I don't think I've been on a phone call in like six days, right. literally. So it would right. be strange to me the way... Our penmanship has all gotten shitty because oh we don't God, write no. anymore. I complain about that. Do you? All well, the time. because we don't handwrite so anything I write anymore. Like a doctor with a it's the, the same way with the phone now. So if the phone is not your strength, right? You know, I get if you personally require it, but then you, then it's on you to say that the way you would in a business thing. My preferred method of communication. You want to ask me out? Call me. Then we'll call you. But you can't complain that we're texting you to ask you out if a lot of girls prefer that. We just don't know. I don't know if these guys texted me or called. You know what it is? Okay, so I did this thing when I was dating online because I met both of those guys online, which would I would not meet with someone unless I spoke to them on the phone first. Right, but what are you, what are you learning on the phone? You know what you get? Well, you can't. uh, The true crazy person is not giving it up in a phone call. That's true. But the true crazy person, you'll feel like I'll somewhat be able to pick up on it. Yeah, but that you can't, and you might just be picking up on nerves. Yeah. You know, I'm not great on the phone. I used to be fantastic on the phone. You seem like you'd be good on the phone. I don't do it that much. Mm. And I certainly haven't done it to ask somebody out in a long time. So I'm not, <laughs> I, I, and not that I don't think it's right. I think you should pick up the phone and right. ask somebody out. Right. But that's just because I'm older, you know? So if somebody who's 27, I, I think you can ask somebody out on LinkedIn. I don't care. Just, <laughs> I, I'm never going to, oh, I'm never going to, I'm never going to stand oh, in the way of somebody attempting to communicate with anybody anytime. Right. You know, I'm a favorite. People are like, oh, he hit on me on Facebook. Well, then get off fucking Facebook. I see your pictures. You look hot. I want to take you out. Sorry. Like, that's <laughs> like that's the deal. Oh, well, I, I think anybody doing. should be able to ask out, approach, do whatever you want anywhere. I, I agree. I don't know. You know what? I was just like, I wanted to get a vibe. I, it was a good time saver to talk on the phone to people. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like, because I was like, if I get no vibe from this person, also, like, I spoke to this one guy forever. But Not forever, probably, like, you know, 10 messages back and forth. And he seemed, like, amazing. And when I spoke to him on the phone, I was like, that, Ew. that might be a false negative. He lived with his parents. But that has nothing with the in phone. They let him use the phone. Right. You <laughs> in won't, a basement, you like won't know that on a brother. You won't know that on a phone call. No, like, he again, told me this on a phone call. Right, but he could have told you that anyway. Again, he, he told you that on a phone call? What the phone call is going to do, and again, I'm in favor of it if you're comfortable with it, you're probably not going to weed anybody bad out, and you're going to eliminate a lot of possible good ones because you didn't feel that click. I don't do our podcast via phone because you can't... (laughs) (laughs) I I don't. I don't. I won't. I mean, I don't want... uh, My own podcast, we get people, you know, pretty famous people are like, they'll do a call in. I can't read body languages. I'm concerned about interrupting because I can't see them. It's mm-hmm. a challenge. So if I don't want to even do my podcast on the phone, I don't want to have a phone relationship. I want to see you in person. So whatever expedites that, okay. whatever moves it. From all, if you need a five-minute phone call to be happy, I can, I can muddle through that. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is don't rule somebody out just because the phone call didn't go well. You yeah, know? That's a good point. It's it's not maybe yours is the baby. I don't know. But, the, 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 well, like for the most, but I I don't know. I just like, or I guess maybe it got me more excited about these guys. Like I said, I met these guys. They were great. We were not. They were not the right person for me. I was not the right person for them. It's like when you go to a restaurant when like. If you go to a steakhouse, but you really just want like a lobster roll, <laughs> and it could be the greatest steak in the world, but if you want a 
lobster roll, that's not the restaurant for you. And that's what it, but it could be a perfectly good But you could have a wonderful conversation and then in person it doesn't work out either. You know, it's, it's, it's all like, we got to stop looking for reasons to pull the emergency chute quick, too quickly. No matter what it is. Even if it's going well, at some point, you're going to have to fight through what I call the ick. Now, that might take what two. Is the, ick? the ick is a some moment of, ugh. I don't know if this, like, so that might be a fight six weeks in. That might be something 30 seconds in that you're going to eventually come to that. I don't think anybody, you know, I've heard all these, you know, date for six weeks or four months or whatever. The, the, the unit of time that you need to spend either on the phone or texting or with somebody in person before you can determine whether or not you want to be in a relationship with them, which has nothing to do with sex, mm-hmm. is 100 hours, give or take a couple hours. Now, that might take a week. If you live on opposite sides of the country, that might take longer. After a, about 100 hours of time... I'm trying to do math. And you, I know. No, I was like, oh. Well, it could be 24-hour dates. It could be a 72-hour weekend. And you get a big chunk. After about 100 hours... You know each other well enough that you can then make the determination, I'm not out with their publicist anymore. <laughs> I know them. Do I want to be in a relationship with them? You could have had sex 100 times before that 100 hours. That's not, right. a, that's not a barrier either. Right. After 100 hours of time, because people are like three weeks, six months, well, then I can't account for how much time you spent together. Sure. You might have seen somebody every other weekend. And anybody can do Saturday night. You know, I know you did the long distance thing. We can all do Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Tuesday at 9 when you got to both get up in the morning, that's a relationship. True. So 100 hours, you should have spent a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little call, and then you can sort of like, okay, that's a body of time. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out if we want to date. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It's- and I've heard things like 30 days. That's arbitrary. Right. So it could be it nine hours, it could be a hundred times. Like, I'm trying to like think to spend of, of the math with that and, person. Well, I sort of moved in on the first date. <laughs> I remember. I Maybe just, like, right. Okay, but four days in, then you've spent a hundred hours. Oh yeah. If it didn't work, you would have mailed. You would have left after four days. Sure. That's my point. Mm-hmm. You can move. You can. You can get that done pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I count phone time and texting mm-hmm. time. That oh, all yeah. sort of adds up right. quickly. It's from the moment you first connect. 100 hours is the unit of time that I recommend people that I think we know each other well enough that we can figure out if we're going to make a go of this, you know? And that doesn't mean you can't have sex in the first hour. It just means that you don't know if you're going to be in a relationship, you know? True. It's Because the sex changes things, too, for both of you. So, so true. You can be like, well, I've got to wait till we're in a committed relationship. You're not in a committed relationship until you have the sex because you don't know how either one of you is going to react. Right. You know? Because a lot of women will wait weeks and months to well, like certainly know and then right well not only what but if you, they might wait oh and God, say well, i know he's know. committed or he's in a safe relationship i i ask women this all the time well how many of you have waited and then had mm-hmm. sex and the sex sucked and suddenly you're out of there and all the hands go up so right. i'm like n- it's going to change it for sure. both of you good and bad yeah. so if you're making these big dramatic choices about mm-hmm. where you are in a relationship you might want to hold off on that mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of bad advice out there from people like, you know, Patty Stanger, uh-huh. who's who's just doing more damage to the dating world than, than anybody she, I can think of. What is she saying? She operates, and you know, this isn't anything I haven't said to her personally or whatever. Uh-huh. She I, op- I think she was on your show. She's been on my ago. both. She's done our live show. I've done her show. She's done my show. We've done everything. She operates on a on a um, premise of fear and men suck. So she will say things like. 
women, you better you know find that guy because it's a six to one ratio, women to men. It's six to one in London. It's seven to one in New York. It's not true. It's fifty fifty in every single city in America. It's fifty. It might be fifty point one and forty nine point nine. It's exactly the same. And I've said that to her. I was like, so when you're operating like it's this weird game of musical chairs, and you're you know, and then she's way she's like, you need to you know find out if you're how committed he is. You don't fucking know. Neither of you know how committed no, you are. Right. It's so if so you're true. dangling this carrot as a referendum or a reward on the status of your relationship, that's really dangerous. And I think that mm, people got to stop that. Point. It's no, and it's kind of. I think that people don't let things happen naturally, either. Like people no, are so don't. strategic about their forced. dating. Yeah. I mean, I was insanely strategic about online dating. I was very, very particular. I, was the same way. I you have no idea the amount of messages that I. I even got like a thing from like, and this was like back in the days of OkCupid, okay mm-hmm. like. You are getting so many messages. You are one of the most popular people here. We're going to give you better matches. The matches Let's were not better. Well, I bring, that up. <laughs> I bring that up, too, all the time. Men send 36 oh times yeah. more unresponded to messages I than women. 36 <laughs> times, okay? Right. Right. So when I ask women all the time, do you know why the guys are sending the dick pic? Because oh, they're... So yeah, you say, ugh. I know. But if a guy's... So bad. I get that. If a guy sends a dick pic to 10 women, two will respond. If a guy sends a... Oh, so it's like enough shit on the wall, something will stick? If a guy sends a poem to 10 women, two will respond. The rest will So if the odds, the odds are the same of no matter what I'm sending, I'm not getting any better. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to send the low-hanging fruit just to get somebody to notice me. It's not a sexual mm, thing. So if the women aren't even responding to the nice shit, you can't really blame the guy who's like... I just want to get somebody to react. And if the odds are the same of him, you know, I'm going to type out some iambic pentameter and here's right. a sonnet and you're going to laugh at your friends yeah. or fuck it. Let's just see if she'll, you know, I'm not justifying it. I'm explaining it. And that is the mindset out there. These guys are not getting noticed or heard no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're sending it. If nobody liked it, nobody would send it. But a couple do. And they're looking for them. Okay. You know? I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of a good point. I mean, don't you think some of it kind of might be just straight up perverted? I don't think these guys are just looking to, I don't think anybody's just looking to get laid. I think if you give anybody, anybody, man or women, a roadmap to Mm -hmm. a happy, loving, honest, sexually fulfilling relationship, everybody will sign up for that. But because most women and a lot of guys can't see that road. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to make some sort of connection. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the easiest connection to make is sexual. But I don't think these guys, I think these guys are also trying to get laid. I don't think they're only trying to get laid. And so they're like, let me start with that. And then Mm -hmm. hopefully she likes me Mm -hmm. because if a woman said to any guy, Mm -hmm. listen, I'm not going to do anything until I feel comfortable. But when I feel comfortable, it's going to rock your world. <laughs> he, will rem- he will now know that rock your world is on the menu somewhere down the line, and he will calm the fuck down because he now knows mm. that she's considering him. We think you think we're gross. Right. Okay? They are. Yeah, right. Sure. So we, so yeah. we very rarely That's get compliment. We tell you you're beautiful. We tell you right. we like you. And we don't get anything back other than maybe thank you. So the guy is looking for some sort of positive validation of desire out of you and if you like the dick pic well that's a long way towards it sure okay Okay. so again i'm not saying send it but i'm saying nothing else is working anyway okay i I do think that's the women though i think that it's like people say that it's the men 
But, like, I'll tell you, like, okay, maybe I notice more because I'm married and because I'm not looking, but I always see, like, I always meet great guys. I meet great guys at the supermarket, and then they see my ring, and then, you know, whatever. Right. But, like, I will be like... You have blinders off because you're married. It's the if best thing it's, ever. It's okay. a well... Because you took a wall down, but you're just like, I don't have to. I'm not going to get hurt by any of these people noticing. I love noticing it when guys flirt with me. I, I think I it's so much I fun. Right, because you've, because you've, so so you've, kept, yeah. you've yeah. kept the upside right. and you've eliminated the downside. And the downside right. is these guys are going to hurt me. So right. if I can just take the compliments sure. without him fucking me over, True. that's the difference. It's not yeah. It's not apples to apples. We were at the bar. I remember at Pump. We were out. We were, oh, my God. And yeah. there were straight guys that were there and they were like talking to us and hanging on us. And we were like, this is so much fun because like we don't really care but we're loving the attention also it was gay pride day right so if so if you're taking away the risk of being wounded and you're just looking at the upside and too many of us are only focused on will i get hurt then that's why you can't enjoy me going up to you at whole foods if you're not married you're like what does this guy want? Right. He only wants this. What is his agenda? How is right. he going to hurt me? Right. When if you're married and you're just like, yes, I'm pretty. Thank you. Yeah. It's a little easier. It's so I true. I also learned about what the best <laughs> It's so true. Um, <laughs> you know. It's so true, though, because even the other day, like, I was walking around the mall and I was coming out to my car and this guy, like, was like, hey, love. And, like, for, in a, for a hot second, I was like, is he talking to me? Because there was another chick next to me. But he pointed at me and I was like, oh, I was like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, in my head first, I was like, oh, is he a creeper or what's going on? But then he was like, actually trying to pay me a compliment. He's like, I just wanted to say you're beautiful. And I was like, oh, thank you. And then like in my head, I was like, do I, you know, do I have to say I'm married? Be like, totally got it. He's like, I'm sure, you know, you're You can married. still like, be beautiful. Right, exactly. I think so it's, it's true. Exactly. for the guys yeah. who are afraid of, of approaching a rejection or whatever, I, I always tell them this. If you go up to a woman, any woman, mm-hmm. and you say something or ask something that if you were married, your wife would not mind, she's not going to reject you. So if you go up to her and you ask her for directions or you're like, how sweet is the caramel macchiato or whatever, the women will be fine with that. If you're going up to her and saying like, ooh, where'd you get that skirt? Your wife would probably be mine, would probably mind that. So if you just keep it on a, what can I... Say to her right. that my that my imaginary wife wouldn't give me at it. She'll answer anything, and once you sort of hit that ping pong ball across the net once, and she'll hit it back. Then keep it going as long as you can before she thinks you're a pervert. Right. You know. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. That's why the number one, you know, the number two way that people meet now is online dating. Okay. Right. Which I number one, number one is still online. your real friends and your real social yes, network. Nice. But I always ask people. That's how we both yeah. But what was? Yeah. Do you know what number two was? Before online dating. No, this is so fascinating. Church or synagogue. And it wasn't about praying together. It was simply the act that you would approach each other and communicate on a fairly regular basis. And you wouldn't think in a million years this guy's hitting on you in this environment. So we were able to communicate and see each other without fear. Right. So if I went up to you after... Pretend you're in church for a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. And church, and I'll be like, "How was your yeah. week? I like that dress or whatever." You wouldn't think you're, it. You wouldn't think. You wouldn't think right. it was sexual. You would sure. think it was polite. And so, because you were operating without any of this fear, people would meet in these communal. So I say, people have met dozens and dozens of people at great love debate shows right. that we do. Really has nothing to do with anything that I'm saying. It's the act of getting men and women together and communicating in a fairly fear absent. 
environment, right. it leads to all the walls coming down. It might be half you and half them getting That's half me. Like, and, it's, and there's some alcohol. But other than that, I mean, being no, able yeah, to... Yeah, that's a really fun show. Right. It's, it's okay, very like, fun. Half, really half enjoy him, it. a little bit of alcohol, and then the fact they can communicate. And, like, right. If you have alcohol and you're and laughing and it's a good environment, right. people are less afraid. That's, yeah, that's you know? true. And, right. uh, and, you know, that's part of what we've done is we've got the the environment down. It used to be very Jerry Springer show Battle of the Sexes and people would wake up the next day and like, ugh, I wish I didn't go to that. I got an STD at that show. Yeah, and we've changed it and it's a lot uh, It's a lot more hopeful and fun and funny and, and just like church, I when, guess. Or, when did you know. start doing it? Uh, January 14th, 2014 in Santa Barbara. So you were living in Santa Barbara at the time. Uh-huh. We were supposed to do one. Well, I wrote a book called How to Find Love in 60 Seconds. Which I tried to find online and could not find. Yeah, it's out of print. I got because mostly because I don't up I, I don't believe a half of the stuff in it anymore. <laughs> really. I wrote it as sort of a tongue-in-cheek look at dating from after dealing with actresses in this town for a long, long time. <laughs> and and so um, rather than doing rather than doing a traditional book tour. My agent at the time is like, why don't you raise some of the questions wow. the book raised in like a theater type environment and mm-hmm. challenge some of the stuff rather than having 15 people in Barnes and Noble for a book reading. So we did one and then one turned into five and then 10 and then 15 and now and it's going, now now it's like going all over the world. Job. Yeah, now I'm like in the, it, it keeps going and because the different ways. To, I like having the conversation. I like right. the, 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 it's the only thing, and we say this about our podcast all the time too, it's the only subject, love, dating, sex, relationships, the only thing that every single person has an experience with, an opinion on. Like, you go on Bill Maher's uh, HBO show, mm-hmm. if you don't know something about politics, you're sort of dead in the water. But anybody can join in the conversation that we're trying to have, right. whether it's somebody who's really famous or not, and it's a conversation sort of the the disconnect or the connection between men and women is something I've always liked having. And so, you know, now we're going to Tel Aviv and back to Asia. And I mean, there's really nowhere that we can't do this. And so what turned, it was a one-off and now it's, we're 296 live shows. That's amazing. Yeah. And every city's a little different and every city's a lot the same. Depends, you know, LA's different, but in a lot of ways, you know, we've done gay shows and Mm -hmm. black shows and, Mm -hmm. Married shows, and we've done all kinds of spinoffs. And if you printed the transcripts out of all of them, it still comes down to confidence and communication at its core, no matter what the, the groups are. It's so funny that you say communication because I am the world's worst, like, I'm really the world's worst communicator. I know you I have a that. podcast, like, oh, ask my husband. Well, so am I. I'm very introverted. I have a podcast, I mean, and I'm in a show business. I, I couldn't be more introverted. Your I don't husband, wa- you're not with your girlfriend. Yeah. Still, it's a different skill set. I mean, right. being able to talk openly and honestly, whatever. I'm. I will take the stairs to avoid being stuck in the elevator with somebody who might say something. Really? Oh, me too. It's brutal. <laughs> An airplane, wow. like it's 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 it's. Uh, yet I talk for a living now. Like it's <laughs> it's just a different thing. No, I'm I'm the same way. I totally like to avoid people. And okay, like I'll give you an example. Um, I was on a talk show. Well, my neighbor coincidentally hosts that talk show. It's, it is a very big coincidence. And I saw him, like, right after I did it. But he, like, wasn't on that segment. I wanted to, like, introduce myself to him because my husband knows him. And I was like, I can't talk. And like, turn the other way and walk down five flights of stairs to avoid him. Wow. I met somebody in a bar in New York City where I lived. Um, and uh, 
I got introduced and I go, where do you live? And she goes, 305 West 45th Street. I go, oh my God, so do I. And she goes, yeah, I've lived across the hall from you for four years. (laughs) And I was like, oh, and I, because I would like hear a door opening and I would wait because I didn't want to make small, I didn't feel in control if I had to make small talk with a stranger, which is terrible. I don't, I've never had that. It's different. With a neighbor. You what? Not here. Well, the day's not over. Yeah, right? (laughs) I know. In, wait, in New York? And he, like, and he asked me out in front of my parents. He was, like, a few years older, and I was, like, home from college. Uh Yeah, I know. You have sex with a neighbor, you know. It's a little weird. You know what? It it wasn't. The only thing that was weird is that, like, and we, like, hooked up for a while. This was, like, just post-grad when I lived with my parents for five minutes. Then he started to, like, hire hookers who looked nothing like me. And, like, we found this out from, like, the doorman. And I'm like, really? Like, Jeff Hookers? Like, why? I shouldn't have said his name or whatever. (laughs) Um, There are many Jeffs in my world. Uh, but anyway, I was like hookers, and he's like, "It's a service," and I'm like, eh, "That's a good point." Right. Well, that's like Charlie Sheen's old line: "You're not paying him for the sex; you're paying him to leave." <laughs> Pay him to leave, exactly. You know, um, and there's something to be said for that. People people don't know how to handle all sorts of communication, and, and we've lost our confidences. And and the more this is sort of a, you know, we had Dr. Drew do our uh, live that. show, and he made the Dr. point, Drew. and he's right. That the coming storm that Mm -hmm. we cannot stop, the 14-year-old guy now, Mm -hmm. by the time he's 19, he'll be able to put on a helmet. Mm -hmm. Somebody who looks just like Blake Lively is going to tell him he's awesome and give him a reasonably satisfying sexual experience. That guy is never going to ask out a real live girl. He's never going to risk getting his heart broken. He's never going to spend the money. He's never going to do any of those things. We're already like that now where we sort of are getting satisfied with technology. By the time that sort of virtual reality experience gets to that level, who's going to ask anybody out? Like it's never going to happen. And for people who are like, well, no, it's not quite as good. Well, he doesn't know anything different. So 80% of of the experience Mm -hmm. without any risk, they'll all sign up for that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how we stop that. That's so... So you better have babies I, now. <laughs> no, I do know. And I do know. And it's called, like, be a responsible dad. Like, yeah, I always sure. joke around that... I dads worry. don't know what they're doing in the room. You know, they're online and they can... It, it's... The technology is so... We had somebody came to our show in Chicago. Uh-huh. She met... A, she shared an Uber pool with a guy. And for those of you who don't know oh, who Uber pool is, whatever. Like she show. liked him. Mm-hmm. She couldn't wait to get out of the car to find him online and say hello. Rather than turn her head right... She wanted oh. to get into a safe spot wow. to swipe right, and then that was okay. And that, we're all behaving that now. So in four years, when the sex robot's going to call you by your name, I don't know who's it's asking. So gross. It's so oh, gross, boy. but can you blame the guy who's, like, scared? And even now in high school, you're not allowed to – a lot of schools, you're not allowed to hug. True. You're not allowed to do anything. So there's already this environment. So yeah. State of New Jersey – It's an all-girl school, so – Yeah, but especially everything going on. Yeah, I mean, days, you're so you're already to told, like, don't do this, don't do that. Right. There's no difference between girl and boy. There's right. anything. He's like, this Jessica Alba video game is mm-hmm. awesome for me. Oh, done. And I, wow. and I totally agree with, with what Dr. Drew said. And I'm like, so I don't know how you, already in most marriages, mm-hmm. not most, mm-hmm. but when we've done our, our married shows, mm-hmm. we spend 45 minutes talking about video games and porn. 
<laughs> because the guys feel like they can win at the video game mm-hmm. and I'm failing dealing with her or I'm failing mm-hmm. in my home. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, I'm playing video games. The porn is, is so accessible and so realistic that I can get some sort of sexual satisfaction out of it mm-hmm. that I don't do very well with right. this, me and the wife, me and the kids, me and the family. It's already a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where we're going with that. So I'm trying to get as many people I'm, in the room I'm as possible. I'm so weird like that. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, do, do what you got to do. Like, right. right. But do what you got to do. One day, you're not what he wants to do anymore. That's not good. That's true. But I'm a big believer also in, like, you know, maintaining yourself for, for a husband. I wrote an article about oh, it. Um, <laughs> but you haven't had a baby yet. And you might be exhausted when that happens. You know, that, that, that's a big part of it. I think the men don't understand right how... Right now, sex is not happening. Right. You feel like a horrible but, life. But, but not I to excuse it, but being a mom is ex- physically exhausting. So Great. maybe the last thing... Physically exhausting. Wait, did you watch uh, Baby Cobra? That, yes. that alley well, I'm creating an eyeball here. <laughs> you know, so, so maybe so the last... Yeah. That's easy for you to say now. Yeah. But if you have three kids and, and you're running around, yeah. you're like, oh, and I got to play fucking dress up for my right. husband? It's so true. You just Trust stop. Me, I tried to have sex the other night and mm-hmm. I just was like, and I tap out. I love you, but I'll get you later. See, I, lo- I know so many baby. women that are like, please, let him have an affair so he'll stop trying to touch me. <laughs> like, please. I know people. Who, I hope I don't get to that. I, I know women who want to get. I know women who want to get divorced just so they can have shared custody oh and get God. some time off. Like, there's a whole. I've heard of that. That's a thing. Like, please let me have every right. other weekend free. Is <laughs> that though? But like, my mom always looked good for for my dad. But like, the truth is this. It I was, think that it was different then. Because you could open the door and your kids would run out and they'd come home 12 hours later and you'd have to worry. Parenting was easy. <laughs> well, it was different. I mean, you're not that young either. And I'm from, and I'm from New York where pa- like... Parenting is, is a lot is more 24-7 yeah. now in a lot of ways. Even if you're just throwing sure, the kid the right iPad, you're not... Mom. The kids don't have quite the freedom for... You know, I'm of the thing, like, when the kid's born... Put a little chip in their heel, and I have 24-7 monitoring of everywhere they go forever. I don't know why that's not a thing yet, I, but I would do that. I mean, they have it for dogs. They have it for dogs. Sure. Why don't we have it for our kids? You would never lose a kid. They would never you know sneak See, out. Yeah, it's so true. See, that's the thing. <laughs> I know, and I guess I'm very secure with this. I think that the spawn of my husband and I, I'm like, will have, like, our good character. Like, the fact that you're calling it spawn. You would think, passion. but I everybody think thinks that way. I when I was 11. Yeah. Like, I was I've almost, I've almost broken this computer for You know. <laughs> but, like, you know, I just think that, like... The good thing about being a parent now is your kids probably aren't having sex as much because they don't care as much. Oh, they don't. Sad. They're having sex less yeah. more because they just don't give a shit. I'm going to play my video game. The video game's fun. You know? And you I can really, do well. You really like video games. I don't ever I play video games. Play, okay. No, never. Okay. But I, I don't have the problem meeting women or... Right. Like, I'm reasonably confident and yes. I reason I'm okay. Yeah. You're good looking, you have a personality. Right, I, I can do that. And I'm also and I also didn't start I also didn't start that way. Right. But if that's all you know Sure. You know, sorry, playing Atari wasn't quite as good as talking to a girl. But the games they have now yeah. it's probably awesome. Sure. You know? Sure. Because they love it. Yeah, see actually it's a really good point because like my husband like I love him to death, but he's always been a video games, even before I had met him. Mm-hmm. And then of course like when we were in, you know, the honeymoon stage and having sex like every two seconds, then the video games were off. But now we've been married for five years and known each other for eight years. Now that he can't like, touch you, right, he's gonna yeah, turn that, plays, that yeah. Game Boy back and on. He's not yeah. into porn. So the video game I guess is his thing. You're so his I, porn. You know, 
know. Right. You know, I don't. I don't personally like porn because I always like to earn my nudity. Right. I wanted I to be like I did that. Very, like, I wanted to earn it. Like, I have to earn everything. Challenge. Yeah, challenge like man. like you were naked because I did something. Right. I like that. Right. But a lot of guys are like, I don't care how I get the nudity. Right. Yeah, Justin's more like you at that. He's you know, like guys are like... He would agree. Like, he's very, like... You know him, husband. Yeah. Like, he's very, like, not man. That's like, why I'm guys like the strippers and they like the right. bachelor parties. I'm not going to... I'm going to get some nudity without getting hurt yeah, see, or judged. Really? I told nudity my husband last time he went to one, and it was, like, in Nashville. I was like, go... All the, all the strippers... I don't... It's weird. I guess, like, I'm just, like, one of those people who doesn't care. I think yeah, I'm there's no there's no right or wrong, and you got to figure it out with whatever your like, partner is. But there are what I'm what I'm trying to get at is there's challenges on both sides of this that just did not um, exist ten years ago, and it's not that the technology caused the problem. The technology is the reaction to the the challenges, and the reaction and the impetus of that is this blurring of traditional gender roles. Sure. Which is wonderful in every other aspect of life. But I agree. It's muddied the dating, love, relationship waters, and it's going to take it some time to shake out. That's what I think, you know. But I also That's think really people are people are individuals too, and I think ultimately, like that sort of prevails. Yeah, but you, if you understand the overriding mindset that you're dealing with, you can sidestep a lot of landmines. You know, it helps me that I have been in Los Angeles as a, you know, director, producer, writer for 20 years that I have dealt with a lot of, let's just say, difficult personality (laughs) women that the normal that the normal thing that would trip a normal guy up has no effect on me whatsoever. I'm like that kind of I don't even know that you're upset about something like I don't even care. That most guys, though, if you haven't had that experience and you're just thrown into some water. I still don't understand water. how you're single. I think you're, like, I such know. a quality I know. Guy. I was going to say, he's well, got, I, like, I, so much going like, on. He's very good-looking. You're great super good-looking. You're yeah. funny. You're smart. You have, like, your interests. Ladies listening to our podcast. Like, <laughs> well, it's not, you know, I... I what are you looking for? I have somebody I like. She likes me. We're good. I have somebody I like. You don't have a type, but, like, what... What are you looking for in a woman? I said that earlier. I like that she likes me. That's it. Well, that's it, what I'm saying. That's it. Like, well, there's nothing. She likes me, but is there anything that would that she does, further? That she doesn't want babies. Okay. Because I like the idea. Mm-hmm. It took me so long to get to this point mm-hmm. that I don't want, I want to be like, can me and you just tomorrow go to Paris? Sure. You want me to pick up and go. Yeah, mm-hmm. that appeals to me more. I, 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 I not totally not bring my parents. That. My parents didn't really seem to enjoy being parents that much. <laughs> um, they like being grandparents. That. But right. so it took me so long that mm-hmm. the that that the last thing I want is like, oh, I found somebody, and then we go from husband, wife to mom and dad that quickly. No, and I, so that is a that is a different thing, and maybe because I I started later or everything, so it wasn't for. You know, lack of choices or whatever, and it's not that like, I'm super picky or any of those kind of things. It's just that I needed to get myself to a place where I'm like, I think I can do this now, right? Because I don't want to. I've dated girls for four years, five years, six years, mm-hmm. and part of me is like, the resume I was handing in was for boyfriend, mm-hmm. and that is a much different job than mm-hmm. the, the 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 occupation that they wanted filled. Sure, you know, the really feel safe. And I didn't understand that for a long, long time. So mm-hmm. now that I get it, you know, I'm probably much, much better. But I don't, I don't <laughs> think I was—I don't think I was that great a guy to date at 32. 
you know? I mean, fair enough. I know. <laughs> you know, from not wanting kids, I said to my husband, like, when we started dating, I, I was like, I'll go either way. Well, and you, I think you have to be prepared for that, too. She could say, I don't want kids, and then wake up tomorrow, and she wants a kid, and you got to give it to her. Like, that's the deal. Right. You're in, yeah, you're in right. either way. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's her thing. You're right. in either way. Totally. But, uh, you know, I, I just think I want to, I like one person, me and her, like, let's do this, whatever we want to do. And even if I wanted kids, I don't want the neighbor's kids. Like, you're signing sure. up for a lot oh, of kids. Oh, yeah, you're signing <laughs> up for a lot of kids. Wait, that, that's my thing. I'm not afraid Like, to just because you're friends with Johnny down the street doesn't mean right. I want Johnny in my house spilling shit on my carpet. <laughs> oh, no, I'm the same way I always say. That's a big I, part of it. I would like to have a kid. I don't want to be involved in anything. You're going to have to hang out with parents that you don't oh, want to hang out with. That's, that's like, the thing. I'm not, I don't want any part my of that. My mom never did. We should have this conversation not in front of a pregnant person. <laughs> I know. It's okay. But you know what? You're like, I can hear you. <laughs> I've gone through all these obstacles and I've talked to Amanda about this. And like when I met my husband just in like back in New York, like he was always a family guy. He always wanted yeah, Most people so love it. He told I gotta me say. that straight up. And I honestly yeah. was in a place when I first met him that I didn't know if I wanted a kid. And I told him that. I think it's because I had such shitty, toxic relationships before mm-hmm. him. And I was like, no, I'm ruined. Like you said, you like go through like, you know, post-traumatic stress. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want a baby. And then, you know, as we got married and as life moved on, you got the fever. I, I got the fever. And it was kind of like, well, I love this man. And he pretty much will do absolutely anything for me. So th- this is the only thing literally that he wants from me, other than the fact that he wants my love and affection and whatever. Yeah, I think I'll give it to him. You know, I that's kind of where I got way. to, honestly. Give it, like, and, and again, most, the overwhelming percentage of people love it right. more than anything in the right. world. Totally. So I'm not like, don't and have kids or whatever. Own, you know? But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm at a place now where I think I can do me and her. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll let you know if I get to a place where it's like me and her and them. Right. It's, no, but it's hard, though. It's, wait, do you ever listen to For Crying Out Loud? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm, I've listened to literally every episode. I'm, like, that's obsessed. A, that's with, a Corolla podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I lo- And I've interviewed Stephanie before, um, and I've interviewed Adam before. But anyway, that podcast has started to scare me away from having kids because of the story she tells. I'm like, oh, my God. Or, like, I hear, like, if you go to send your kid to private school, you still have to volunteer. I'm like, yeah. if I'm writing you a check, I want a report card. I want to hear nothing else. Please just, just let me know you're when you graduate. You're going to have to just, like, go find a few moms that, like, like, Heather, like you. Uh, no, no, no. And you're going to have to pay them off and be like, if I give you A, B, and C, will you volunteer? We had Heather McDonald do our show a couple times, and she has this thing that she talks about. She's like, I have to root for my kids to win at soccer, and then I have to go to some tournament in Bakersfield Aww. if they win. And she's like, I'm absolutely rooting against my children's teams all the time, so the season is over. Right. <laughs> and I totally get that. She's like, last thing I want to do is be driving a minivan, you know, for some tournament on the weekend. And then, you know. That's all my sister does, and brutal. it sounds like a fucking nightmare. To us, but some people, that's their world, and they like it. But it's, it's tough to challenge that. It's tough to, challenge, it's tough to, to juggle that with me and my husband, and I'm yeah. going to wear sexy outfits for him. And it's all, I mean, so whether it's you've been married for 30 years or you're trying to get to the second date, you have to sort of continuously be understanding what do I want, what does right. the other person want, totally. and what do we want together. And these are sort of... I even say that when people are online dating. Your online dating profile should be very simple. It should be three things you want them to know about you. Mm-hmm. It should be two things that 
you hope to find out about them, mm-hmm. and it should be one thing that you hope to find together. Does that make sense? Yes. I am this, sense. this, this. I hope you're this and this, and together let's try and do this. That's it. Boom, boom, boom. And a lot of people just don't have that kind of clarity or given that much thought. All they know is what they don't want or they don't like or they right. don't know. And Or they just look at pictures. You're leading with negative. So you, can, you can look at pictures. And again, women are no better at that than the men. Oh, I was the worst. Both sides are looking at it. A lot of people now have this addiction where I need six positive swipes, matches before I go to bed. It's like it's oh, like a routine. It's like they do that. They do that. They're like, I'm gonna swipe until I hit eight or six or whatever, and then nice. I can go to bed. It's like weird nice. validation, and people do. That's a real thing. Like it happens all the time. I mean, it's a game. I have that with Instagram likes, but like <laughs> same thing. I'm gonna put a picture. I get 15 likes. I can go to bed. But, but I'm like not. That. But no, that's just like. It seems more like a video game than actual, like, Because real that's connection. intentional, because video games are fun, and you can win at video games. So the right. more you make make something that is terribly scary, like a video game, Call of Duty. the less scary it is. Yeah. You know? Right. I, the, the, you know Halo. Just doesn't the, fit into but the, because they're all, like, for pussies, and that's their Well, I women are, like, like that was more hardcore challenge. Women are, like, like uh, mind games. I like the Halo. safety of it because I can screen... Mm-hmm. I can screen better. Right. Do you know what our screening process was before online dating? She gave you an erection. Whether or not he had a pen at 1 o'clock in the morning. Right. That was literally it. Whether or not he had a pen to write your, his number down. That's we so met true. each other shit-faced. Right. You have a pen. And two days right. later, he's picking you up at your house. True. And there isn't this long list of people who that all went bad for. Right. That was what it was. It was our walls were down. Yeah. You're cute. Can I have your number? That was our screening process. That worked out okay. You know? So whatever you think you're... Like, when I was dating online, I was just like, okay, what's a time waster for me? And I just really... And that's why I only went out with, like, a few people, because I think, like, it's like... It does sort of eliminate... But you can't eliminate it as as one of the sort of the tools in your bag, because there are good people online. It's an option. You should try and meet as many people in real life as possible. But you should be doing all of it. You should be... uh, you know, mixing up what you're doing to... to you're, you should be casting as big a net as possible. And a lot of people treat dating like fly fishing. Like, they're like, choo, choo, I'm going to try and grab that one. When you should just cast a giant net, as many possibilities as possible, and then start to weed it out from there. But you should give everybody some sort of opportunity to at least connect with a hello. You know, right. my, I always say the best dating site is Earth. <laughs> and it is. That's where the most possibilities are. Can I steal that from you? That's a really <laughs> good one. It is a really good one. Um, right, how is that? The best dating well, site is... It is. That's so, where the most I options are. I online dating person. You guys, I think... I think I tried, here, so we I tried to online okay. date, and I was like... I Hello? was so bad at it, and I was just not... It was, not, it was not for me. It was just you know, you get whatever what you want. It's not for everybody. Right. Some people do better on it, and some right. people don't. I don't know. Maybe because I couldn't, like you said, like you, you know, like you, like you meet someone that's kind of your screening. You get to spend that time with them. When I was online, I felt like there was just nothing to know. There was no, like, there was no. It was so to me. It was so empty. Like I didn't get a real conversation, even if I was oh, trying yeah, to. Yeah. Like, well, what you should do. Sorry. A lot of women. Pregnant and funny. Are we, a lot of women are like, the guy just wants to go back and forth and chat online. And it, if you just say to the guy after three back and forths, I'll tell you when I see you, mm-hmm. that says you can ask me out now. And right. then he'll move off. Right. True. He's just looking for that one signal. If you're just like, I'll answer that one when we see each other. Right. 
done. Right. But so true. You got to give them that signal. So, I like that. A signal on a roadmap. I feel like that's signal. like good thing. That, that is like, our, like, that like, is that's our, our tips for the day. Like, that so is our like, tip. So plug, so plug what you've got to plug. And as always, we'll have it in the show notes so yeah. no one has to plug uh, or die. Go to greatlovedebate.com where you can not only link to our podcast. We have the world's number one dating relationship podcast. We uh, have celebrities on there. We have all kinds of great guests. And it sounds like a big fun dinner party talking about this stuff. <laughs> or you can check out our live tour schedule for Great Love Debate. We go to We go all over the country with this. Really you know, awesome. five or six cool. times a month, um, we're go. in some city and we're all over the world. So if you don't see our city on there, um, shoot us an email and we will try and get there. Oh. Hopefully it's a good city, though. Well, I don't know. It's Wait, just what just are fun. the other, because you have your own network. So what are the other podcasts on your network? Because uh, if you go to Great Love Media, if you search uh, on iTunes, Great Love Media, all our podcasts come up. We have um, shows by... Tatum O'Neill and Pat, o- Pat O'Brien, yeah. the, you he's know, still alive. yeah, <laughs> and he's doing a podcast with us. Um, we on our <laughs> a lot of relationship stuff, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of conversation stuff. Great love me. We have about eight or nine podcasts on there besides the great love debate podcast with me. And you can follow me, um, or friend me if you want Brian Howie. You'll find yeah. me. Yeah. So thank you so much for yeah, being so here and stay glamorous. That you can take that. I'll keep my stake I, I out. I always, I always fuck up our ending. <laughs> be, 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 be fabulous. Bye. 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 Bye.